0: Hey, Yes Jesuits, clutch your Bibles a little tighter because we have a big announcement for
1: you. We are so excited to share that Yes Jesus is becoming a part of the World of Wonder family, and now so are you. Yes, the same World of Wonder that brings you RuPaul's Drag Race,
0: RuPaul's Celebrity Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race France, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, all the RuPaul's Drag Races, and
1: tons of other great television and original podcast content. Don't you worry, though, our show isn't changing, but World of Wonder will give us more access to drag queen prayers, more amazing guests, and more social media content to like and share.
0: We are so happy to bring Yash Jesus to World of Wonder, where we can build and grow this wild, irreverent, and faithful community.
1: So let's get going. Hallelujah. Oh, my God.
0: Hello, kings and queens and in between, sinner saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another Sherlockian episode of Yes, Jesus. As always, I am Daniel Francesi, and I am here with my bestie. Azariah Southworth. And tuck her in, because this is a good episode. <laughs> Our episode theme today is 1946, how the word homosexual got into the Bible. But wait, because we have more coming up. As we're going to get into that. Because today, more than
1: ever, we believe that... You can't play telephone with the Bible. That's right.
0: Don't mix up God's
1: message. That's right. God loves you. You gay person,
0: you. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) All right. So come on in, everybody. Come on in and come on in and grab yourself something to drink. Sit down, tuck her in and get ready to listen uh, to this awesome episode.
1: Yeah. Get yourself a hot apple cider. Put a little extra cinnamon in it. You deserve it.
0: Unless you're allergic to cinnamon. In that case, put the cinnamon down. I love that word, cinnamon.
1: It's a good word. Cinnamon. Sin- Sounds like sinner men.
0: sinner men. like men. Sin- like an old Italian priest. Like, you cinnamon. Hey, you cinnamon. I come yeah. in here and you cinnamon a woman. Oh, no. I, I don't I don't with, <laughs> All with you women. Spicy I sin with sinners. <laughs> All the spicy sinners
1: are welcome here. Um, just enjoy it. That could be a weird misinterpretation of cinnamon. Imagine oh. that recipe. Two s- teaspoons of vanilla, one cup of sugar, and some cinnamon. Whoa, the church would ban cinnabons, and we can't have that. Not on our watch. No, because here at Yes Jesus, we believe that our words have meaning and impact. And intention and interpretation can mean a lot.
0: That's right. And you know what else means a lot? A good praise report or prayer request. So let's do that. Um, this is from KT. Hey, Azariah and Danny, it's your favorite Krispy Kreme <laughs> Q Christian date here. I'm messaging y'all. Oh my God, this is Katie. This is mm-hmm. Katie, the seminary student that we met at the Q Christian conference and took out for Krispy Kremes mm-hmm. and had a good time with. Uh, I'm messaging you, she says, because number one, I have a prayer request. And number two, because I left out all of my social media and realize that I don't have either of your numbers or emails to connect to you in the future. Uh, My prayer request is for my mentally ill queer self as I prepare to enter a month-long sabbatical from seminary so I can either enter a residual mental health inpatient program for some comprehensive and intensive emotional, physical, and spiritual healing. I'm pretty terrified to be honest and would appreciate any and all prayer as I dive into the deep end of this trauma processing work. Until then, I'm sending so much love and support to you both always, especially during this chaotic and fear-filled time. May the eternally mysterious yet constant peace and love of God be present in your life always, and may our lives cross in life-giving conversation again someday. Heart emoji. Oh, I felt that so much, KT. Um, Wow. You know, when you are doing something like you're in seminary, um, you're being attacked from all ends from, you know, it's, it's such a stressful time. And I can see that weighing on your mental health and a lot of that having, uh, so much, um, that you need to do to research and find out more about your emotional, physical, and spiritual healing. And it is a scary journey. We definitely, um, I know I speak Azariah. I know I could see it in your eyes that we definitely feel, uh, like we are covering you with prayer Um, and you're going to be in our prayer. We're going to keep your prayer quest in prayer and we know you're going to make it through. You're a strong, smart, incredible human. And I'm just so glad that we met.
1: Yeah, Katie. Just remember that night that we went out to Krispy Kremes after the <laughs> Q Christian Fellowship conference. If y'all
0: don't know, when Krispy Kreme has that light on, that means they're fresh <laughs> out the oven. And I, I, I woke these two people to that fact, and we went and got a nice Krispy Kreme.
1: And just when you, when you, when you're feeling isolated, alone, Katie, and feeling frustrated, just remember that night that we had together, and just know that you can always go back to that moment with us in in <laughs> your mind, and feel that peace and that connection that we had, and and make sure you find that community where you can feel in while you're uh taking your sabbatical relying on your community for your well-being during this time and slide in our dms and i'll make sure you have all of our contact info we love you you. yeah um what's the praise report all right so our praise report taiwan Mm -hmm. holds an annual mass wedding each year it's an annual tradition that the taiwanese military holds this massive wedding that's really cool for the first time same-sex couples were invited to the mass wedding. Oh, praise God. That's so cute. So, lesbians got married, and the photos are so cute. Marriage equality only became legal in 2019. Yes, we, we talked, talked about, about it. that. Yeah. 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 And so, not just lesbians, but gay men got married. Everyone got married <laughs> in this big old mass wedding in Taiwan. So... This is progress. It's a very
0: most conservative military, like so conservative. And so that's awesome to see uh, just, you know, a little bit of light come through out of people's hearts and realize Mm -hmm. um, that love is love. Mm -hmm. We love that. Um, You guys, we love you. And thank you for sticking around. Stay here for our commercial break. And when we get back, we'll be right back with the scripture of the day.
1: I know what you're thinking. Being a Christian today can be hard work, especially when you're ditching toxic theology.
0: But you're in luck, because this month our Bible app is
1: relaunching on Android and Apple devices, and they want you with them for the whole year. Use our Bible app to get the best podcast recommendations. Just like yes, Jesus. Hundreds of progressive daily devotionals and a chat space just by downloading and subscribing to the app now. And during the month of October, you can get $20 off an annual subscription. Our Bible app for believers of all stripes.
0: And now we're back, Azzy, it's time for that soul food, that… Scripture of the day. Eight, eight, eight. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh, oh. Scripture of the day. Oh, oh. It's soul food. That's right. We are
1: here again. And today's scripture of the day. What is it, Azzy? Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 through 12. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Mm. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yes! I live for this! Matthew 5, 11, 12. I'm going to read it again.
0: Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. How many times have we, as queer Christians, have come across that? How many times has somebody used God's name to come at us? God's name is a weapon. And God, and, and, and the word continues to say, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's it. Just keep going. Don't let anybody um, use the name of God against you because that would, then they're using like something, you know, they're taking a knife to a (laughs) gunfight. You can't be doing that. We're doing a lot of episodes here. We're, We're, you know, we're examining some pretty queer Bible stories and each time, We're discovering that there's something that is never talked about or stories of queer people that haven't been seen that way through that perspective because they've been covered up with years and years of just
1: heteronormativity. But did you also know that even the words that you're reading in the Bible are the result of choices made by humans, academic and church leaders, especially if you're reading in English, because you know what? The Bible wasn't written in English, honey. Oh,
0: and you know what else? King James was a big homo anyway, but we'll get into that in a different episode. Ross, our freaking deacon, has an awesome side story. Um, Ross says, in seminary, my New Testament professor would read from the Greek and translate in his head, and while we all read along with our various English translations. And when he'd get to a word that he struggled with how to translate it, he'd say, uh, what does your Bible say? And a student would call it an answer and he'd say nope that's not right he told the students that the words in their bible that they said were wrong <laughs> <laughs> you were in seminary school a new testament professor told you the bible was
1: wrong that's my kind of professor I that's would... <laughs> that's how you learn different perspectives i do that over coffee every morning with my parents <laughs> so does your bible say any of the following oh what's what's it say do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is detestable sin leviticus eighteen twenty two if it does, no, you're wrong, wrong, translation, wrong, 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 okay, wrong. okay. does it say, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves? Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality, 1 Corinthians 6 9. Sounds like a mistranslation. Is that a correct translation? Survey says eh. eh. All right. Here's this one. The law is for people who are sexually moral or who practice homosexuality or are slave traders, liars, promise breakers who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching, 1 Timothy 1-10. through Does your Bible say that? Mistranslation! Ain't nobody got time for that! If your Bible uses the word homosexual like these verses do, then you're reading a word that was never used in bible times
0: that's right the word homosexual wasn't even invented until 1868 come on so the word definitely wasn't any of the original scripture in english latin greek or any other language but here's what's cray Okay, here's what's super crazy. I was watching uh, Netherlands uh, Drag Race, Mm -hmm. and um, the subtitles at the bottom, uh, they made it say crazy, but the guy said cuckoo pants. (laughs) This is absolutely (laughs) cuckoo pants. (laughs) The word homosexual didn't make its way into the Bible until 1946, not even 100 years ago. And our minds are officially
1: blown. Mm -hmm. We aren't the only ones who had a good mind blowing. A new documentary film titled 1946 examines exactly when and how the word homosexual got into the Bible. And this film features Kathy Baldock, who I have looked up to and admired for so long. She's an evangelical, she's a researcher, an engineer, and she's a straight ally. In the film, she is on a quest to find out exactly how, and more importantly, why the word homosexual finally found its way into our Bibles. Hmm, check this
2: out. The church is doubling down on this issue because they've so politicized it. As the evidence is coming out that gay and trans people are just... Other kinds of people. Do you understand what this is going to do to the church? We're going to do the work to make this thing right. We are
0: very fortunate today to be joined by Sharon Rojo, who everybody calls Rocky. Isn't
2: that right, Rocky? That is correct, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having <laughs> Rocky. me.
0: Rocky is the director and producer for the upcoming film, we are so excited,
1: 1946, The Movie. Welcome, Rocky. Oh,
2: thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: I know that 1946 is based on the research that Kathy Baldock has been doing along with Ed Oxford. And Kathy's been a friend and a hero of mine for a long time now. Uh, how did you get connected with her and how did you decide to turn this into a film?
2: Yeah. So I first learned of Kathy Boldock uh, about two years ago in August of 2018. I was already on a quest myself and had just learned of gay Christians. I didn't even know gay Christians existed and was like, what? I just started going back to church and um, was exposed to a progressive setting where I felt I should be welcome and welcomed, Mm -hmm. you know, not just um equal you know i we, i want to be equal in that space and and i could feel that i wasn't and i saw a larger problem and living in los angeles and going to a progressive church and not you know, just
0: allowed to be there, but but part of it.
2: Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, I don't want to just be tolerated. And so I started to become very vocal in those spaces. First, I came out in that space, and then I started challenging the leaders in that space, saying, well, why couldn't I lead this Bible study? And why am I not fit to you know, be on the stage and, and, and read a Bible verse, I mean, let alone being a woman, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother thing, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, equal and, 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 you know, welcome and not equal, just totally different. So it put a fire in me that led me to finding affirming spaces. And I found a space in Los Angeles where uh, they had a class called Homosexuality in the Bible which led me to learn of the words malakoi and type for the first time. And I was like, what are these words? <laughs> and it made sense, you know, when you look at the words and you really examine them and the condemnation of an aggressive act, an exploitative act and things mm-hmm. of this nature, as opposed to a group of people. It immediately clicked. And then there was a woman in that class that introduced me to Kathy Bulldog So of course I went home and I binged watch Kathy Bulldog for about six hours and was blown away. <laughs> totally blown away. Uh, mm-hmm. And then she was speaking at the First United Methodist Church in Hollywood and Highland three weeks later. I was and- there. Oh great! Oh wonderful! Well, I have the footage, darling. So I'm going to be looking now. I'll make sure. I'll make sure to pull you out uh, and highlight you for sure. But so the interesting thing is, um, I am a pastor's daughter, and my dad is a non-affirming minister. We've struggled with this in our relationship for many years. He used to make me go to love one out and hate Mm. the sinner, you know, or or love the sinner, hate the sin, and all of that nonsense for years. Mm -hmm. And as we're trying to work on our relationship, and I'm learning of this new affirming theology, and Kathy Boldock's Mm -hmm. presenting, and my parents are in Los Angeles the same weekend. Mm -hmm. So I took a risk, and I wrote a letter to Kathy, to the First United Methodist Church, I asked my parents, I hired a film crew, and I just started filming. I had no idea the level of work that Kathy and Ed had been doing with the RSV and the translation notes and all of the notes and the archives that they had visited, and them being the first to really ask the question how did this translation happen? This word homosexual, when did it appear? How did it appear? Who made this decision? And, mm-hmm. you know, w- with Kathy, knowing what she knows and what she does with her research, which we'll get into, she. Knew from logic that this was an ideological and cultural decision, and there was no theology yeah. at all. So she was yeah. out to prove it. And meanwhile, I'm just filming, you know, like I'm just a filmmaker in Los Angeles, and I'm jaw dropped during this entire conference.
0: Yeah, and I am dying to know how did homosexual get into the Bible? So like it wasn't said by God or Jesus or Paul or nobody.
2: It, exactly. It wasn't, you know, and so again, the difference is condemning a group of people versus an act. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the the word literally just means same, you know, same sex. You love the same sex. It's a technical term. It's not a theological term. It's not a biblical term. You know, it's something that was invented to describe our understanding as we know better, do we do better in our theology? And that's kind of Kathy's uh, M.O., but all of this was going down and then you know as I'm in this conference I hear of the letter that was written and these historic documents that they found at Yale University which in my opinion is the catalyst for dialogue this is Mm. that real point where people can say this is a tangible Piece of mm-hmm. history where we can say, "Wow, the Bible has been mistranslated, and we need to look at this." And so again, I'm sitting in there just dumbfounded. And then the, the man who wrote the letter was a pastor for 60 years, and he mm-hmm. had completely forgotten about this until Kathy called him one day and said, "Hi, are you the guy who wrote a letter back in 1959? <laughs> Don't hang up the phone, please. I'm not a <laughs> prank caller, you know." Well, and, take us
0: back. Take us back real quick. Cliff notes for those who haven't seen, uh, um, who haven't seen the trailer yet, or have it don't know what 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 happened so they um found out that there was a mistranslation
2: Mm -hmm. correct
0: right and so then as they were they kept looking they realized that somebody else had discovered that around the time they were making this decision
2: so they had a theory that there was a mistranslation and you know and then uh tracing back to the original first time it was used and after the 40s, we can see in the 70s, the Bible uh, having the word homosexual put into multiple places, not just 1 Corinthians, but in several verses. And in the 2000s, we see it in nine different passages where it just doesn't belong. Uh, so they went off this theory and they cared enough to go and do this work because we see the largest mass suicide of LGBTQ people as we've seen anti-gay theology literally created in the last 50 years. So they wanted to answer these questions. And as they were going through the archives, and they have to remember uh, or have to realize actually that you know, these are thousands, 60 to 80,000 pages of documents, and then they had 22 rolls of microfilm. And if you've ever looked through microfilm, you know it's very exhausting on the eyes. So this was a daunting, process and and Mm -hmm. you know needle in a haystack kind of search and on the Mm -hmm. third day as Kathy was combing through the microfilms she just happens to see the word homosexual and she's like stop and she stops and she calls Ed over and they had a documentarian there with two iPhones and they pulled out the iPhones (laughs) and they literally recorded them reading the letters for the first time Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and in the letters they are stated, so first of all, David, the man who wrote the letter, challenged the translation team. And then they had found a letter written by the head of the translation team in response to David's letter. And in that letter, he said there was only one other person that challenged this, so no one was looking at it. But Mm -hmm. David's letter was very well written, uh, ahead of his time. He understood psychology, sexuality, theology, science, And he had the chutzpah to Mm. challenge them, Uh, and and it worked. And what we see through the translation notes that Kathy and Ned found at Yale University is not only did he influence the translation team to admit that they made a mistake, he also influenced them to change their next publication from homosexual Mm. to sexual perverts, which is huge. Uh, And then what the film does and what we do in our story is we follow how the word entered, how it was a mistranslation. The men who put it in the Bible admitted it, and they were good men. They were honorable men. They actually, it's a really good, the RSV is a very good academic Bible. They were a really great group of scholars that made a mistake. But... What was going on with all of the other English translation teams who wanted to get into the game and publish their version of the English Bible? Because all of these well, other things were going on. Uh, like, I mean, if, uh, I feel
0: like the, I feel like we'd be, you know, not putting a full perspective on it if we didn't bring up the AIDS crisis as well. You know, because because I, because I, according to my understanding, when the when it started ending up in other passages and ending up in other translations, that was more towards like even the eighties and nineties.
2: Correct. So what Ed has discovered through his research, that even in the 70s, there were three subsequent Bibles that came out in the 70s that used the RSV as a root Bible, not communicating with the RSV, not knowing these letters existed, not knowing that the RSV team was going to change this translation. They see homosexual, the women's right movement is going on, um, Mm. and It's easy. It's easy for them to put it in. And these are the American Standard Version, 1971, the New American Standard Bible, 1971, and the New International Version, 1978. But we don't see malice in that either. We don't really see the Christian church talking about sexuality on the pulpit until around the 70s, but these Bibles were written in the 60s. If they were published in 71, then they did the work in the late 60s so we don't really see malice until the 80s when the AIDS epidemic happens and then I mean the church has doubled down so hard from preaching on the pulpit to on the streets to creating curriculum you know curriculum mm-hmm. I can't say that word hold on <clears throat> to creating <laughs> curriculum there you go I did it um, around <laughs> these issues so that they can be in the game and and be in the quote-unquote culture wars that they, you know, hmm. uh, so describe them as. And so they have to keep up. And we can see and trace how the church has changed their doctrine and their perspective on human sexuality.
0: So potentially they did this to be trendy? <laughs> They're doing it to <laughs> yeah. keep, yeah,
2: exactly, to keep up, you know, with the conversations for sure. And as, again, as we know more about science and sexuality, how is our theology keeping up with it? How are we, you know... How are we then applying it to how we use the Bible and how we treat others and how we see others and and how we see the world? And
1: if homosexuality really isn't in the text, then what else are we getting wrong, Rocky?
2: Well, that's a really good question. There's actually a lot of stuff that I've discovered in the research. And it's really interesting. But at the end of the day, I think what's really important is to hold on to that faith and whatever faith that is and, and understanding of what the gospel is and understanding actually what... Jesus' message was, which is quite simple, you know, love your neighbor, love the Lord your God, um, and really it's about fighting for the oppressed and fighting for justice mm-hmm. and peace yeah. and harmony and all of these all of these things, and everything else will fall into place, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had, we had an episode about Joseph
0: and his coat of many colors and how um, it was, like, uh, uh, an earlier translation translated as a ketonet pasim, which was a virginal princess dress. Absolutely, and Queen Esther,
2: baby. I know that story very well. She's the only <laughs> other princess in the Bible that wore it, and only twice <laughs> is that um, is that word used in the entire text. Very mm-hmm. good uh, example there to pull out. But
0: do you I, do you have any others? Like any any others that come off the top of your head?
2: Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> One of the most famous verses in the Bible is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so the believe doctrine is huge. All you have to do is believe. But if you look Mm -hmm. back at the original, what that word really means, it doesn't mean believe. It was changed. And not only was it changed, the translators are trying to erase it, because believe doctrine is super easy to evangelize. But what it really is, is to take a pledge. Um, so it's to, uh, pledge your allegiance to, to God really, you know? And so it's more of a responsibility than just believing. And I think that's a huge translation. Like a contract. Uh, totally. You know? Uh, and again, this doesn't take away from the scripture. This just adds to the mystery of it. Right. And mm. whenever you- That's what I said.
0: I said, we shouldn't call it Bible study. We should call it Bible wonder.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. I love it. Do <laughs> like I mean, you know Bible offering... wondering- that's all the Bible says it is, it's a great mystery everywhere you turn, you know? And then, and besides all the contradictions that you see, and I mean, not mm-hmm. to mention the Genesis stories, there are two different Genesis stories, so when people go mm-hmm. back to the through line of the Bible is man and woman, well, those are metaphors, and of course the mm-hmm. Bible was written, it was written in a patriarchal lens where women didn't even have rights. Women were used and abused and thrown out, it's like, no, don't rape the men, rape the women, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course the Bible was written metaphorically in that way, you know? And so We have to, we can't look at the Bible that small. It's way bigger than that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, LGBTQ people have to deal with what often gets called the clobber passages. Like I mentioned some earlier in this episode, but they've been um, interpreted as those that forbid being queer or doing anything queer, especially when it's around sex. Uh, But you found that clobber passages apply to more than just the LGBTQ community. Can you tell us about that?
2: Absolutely. There have been multiple passages throughout history that have been used against countless groups of people. Um, I mean, just to name a few, we've got women, people with disabilities, different races, interracial marriage, animals, Jews, mm-hmm. children, left-handed people, slavery, witches, Galileo, sexual minorities is what we're dealing with today, the foreigner, the uncircumcised. I mean, it just goes on and on <laughs> <Yeah>. and on. <laughs> I'm I,
1: good. I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> Gala, Gala, Woo, uh,
2: TMI. That was TMI. I don't know about that. No, I guess
1: go. I'm half in I'm trouble. a lesbian uh, over gal-
2: here. I can't handle that kind of talk.
0: Is, ga- is ga- um, well, Galileo, you said?
2: Yeah, so Galileo, um, you know, once the telescope was discovered, he had he started to explore. And through his exploration, he discovered how uh, the earth really moves around the sun. And as he was starting to publish his scientific discoveries, it contradicted the scripture. And the scripture says in Psalm 16:10 and in, in Psalms 104-5, you know, the the earth is on its foundation and it shall not be moved and different things like this. And so Galileo was thrown into jail and he died in jail uh, because he was, you know, um, a heretic. And then years later, after his death, the church apologized because science finally caught up. And again, we don't need to throw away the Bible. Nobody's throwing away scripture here. We're not saying experience trumps scripture. We're saying experience absolutely needs to be applied to scripture. And we see it being applied. We've seen it applied throughout history. And so now we're applying it in this sense. And I think Matthew Vines and the Reformation Project, they do a fantastic job in showing this application. And God and the Gay Christian is a great book to, to look at, to start really delving into this reformation, which is definitely needed.
0: Do you have any other examples of clobber passages that are used against the LGBTQ community?
2: Uh, Sure, so the most popular ones would be, well, the most popular one is in Romans, but we'll get there in a minute. Uh, The Levitical passages are people like to use a lot, where it says that a man shall not lie with a man as they do with a woman, for it is an abomination. But if you look at the word man, which is in Hebrew, sakah, and that word can mean man, mankind, man-child, or boy, uh, or male. And when the Bible started getting translated from Hebrew to Latin, then to multiple languages, what's interesting in Europe, you'll see multiple different European versions of the Bible that will translate that verse, man with boy. And they'll also use a word that uh, the Germans use a word called Knabenschender. And Knobben means boy molester. It literally means boy molester. And the Germans invented the word homosexual. You would think that if this was a homosexual, the Germans would be the first one to put it in. But we mm. don't see homosexual enter any German Bible until 1983 when an American wow. company publishes a German Bible. And the company was called Biblica. And so again, in the 80s, is when we start seeing malice. You know what, I find something that
1: stands out to me right now is over in uh, like European countries as well as some of the countries in Africa that have been really I'll use the word colonized by the evang- evangelical church, a lot of a lot of what they say about homosexuality is that it was created by Americans. Meanwhile, it was the evangelical church that created the anti LGBT message. Mm-hmm. And so, I wonder if they're also the ones, the American church is creating that message within the circles in, in Europe and Africa that are creating this message that it's American problem. That's I, a really that makes- amazing pers- perspective right, because just-
0: you, what you're basically saying is that because uh, the American uh, evangelical church was so anti-gay mm-hmm. that 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 put a definition on a gay. Mm-hmm. So therefore, being anti-gay could create the idea of gay. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I've, the more I've been looking at things from uh, biblical times, whether it be like watch like watching these archaeology documentaries that I've been mm-hmm. watching or any or whatever reading books there is no definition of homosexuality at that time there were people who slept with men there were men who slept with men there were women who slept with women but it does it, there didn't have a name for it it was mm-hmm. just like something that also happened you know because it was more about who owned property mm-hmm. so it's an interesting thing to see that when it does finally get this definition for instance they invent the word homosexual right then it becomes something to hate then it becomes something to be like to realize exists mm-hmm. to hate. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I hated that yet. Now right. I know what that is, and now I hate it, right, right, you know? Right. It's kind of interesting. Right. Everybody it, always hates another,
2: yeah. you know? And so, and that's why we see this long list, uh, how the Bible has been weaponized against others, you know? And it's really sad that we do that as humanity.
1: So, Rocky, this this is really personal for you. Uh, I'm sure that this took a lot of personal sacrifice to dedicate yourself to this film and the political process of creating a new translation of the Bible. Um, what made you want to make this kind of film?
2: Well, when you have these um, words and verses used against you by the mm. people who are supposed to be the ones who protect you the most and love you the most, it mm. kind of sets you off and you know kind of messes you up a little bit, but you know forces you to see the world differently and um, and survive differently. And so when I was, well, I knew I was a lesbian since I was like five. I mean, come on, you know who doesn't like a pretty girl? But that's another story. (laughs) Well, Uh, I know
1: few. (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. By
2: the time, right? By the time I had kissed a girl and I was in high school and really knew what this was, there was no going back. And my parents had suspected that I was dating this girl, and my dad read my diary because he. Legitimately was trying to, you know, save my soul, and he <sighs> believed that homosexuals do not enter the kingdom of God, and this was a great sin, and he didn't discipline me well, and all of this stuff.
0: And it's so like, tough for a PK. I mean, a pastor's kid, like you said, that your dad is a minister. Absolutely, and you, and you don't see eye to eye on all the LGBTQ stuff. Not even um, close. Right. So it, that must be difficult making this film and being in a relationship with him. I mean, it's about your trauma, part of it. It's about then, the trauma. And he's also part of the cause of the trauma. But really, the cause of the trauma is the mistranslation. And like, I don't know. I mean, are are you hopeful that, that making this could heal some things between the two of you?
2: Well, it already has. I know that there has already been healing. I don't really see my dad changing his point of view on this because he still will go back to the one man, one woman doctrine and the Genesis 2 story of the woman being created out of man and the... And created order, really, uh, and you know God gave the order to the man, and then created woman. Why did he do that? He did that for a reason. And the man gives the order to the woman, and he's the head of the household. I mean, it's pretty thick. Uh, so this mistranslation, and even uh, theologists, or, um, theologians will, they are privy to this film, obviously, and and to this 1946 that's all over the internet. And so they, in in response, they're saying, of course it's a mistranslation. These words are obviously aggressive and exploitative and all of these things, which they are. But they're still side B, which means they're saying that you could be born gay and, well, that's just your lot. You know, why was that person born blind and you're supposed to use it for the glory of God? So they preach celibacy. And so you're supposed to, you know... um, Sacrifice yourself for the kingdom of God, and there are plenty of ways that you can be happy and single in the body of Christ. And so that's where he will stand. But at the end of the day, for me, you know, having this struggle for many years, for over 20 years with my family, at some point you have to forgive and you have to let go because the pain goes both ways.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know
2: that they were doing my mother and my father, what they thought was best and really what they thought was in my best interest. You know, my dad would never have invaded my privacy if he didn't feel that my internal soul was in danger, you know, right, and right, these are right. really real issues. And so for me, he was doing what
0: he thought was a loving, caring act of a father.
2: A hundred percent. And you know, there's a lot of power and forgiveness and we need each other. And so and the only way that we really will be an influence with one another is to be in relationship relationship with one another. And so I had to let go and I had to forgive in order to keep my family in my life. And I'm really glad that I did. And so, you know, I'll see them soon. I'm going home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and my dad and I actually share a birthday. <laughs> uh, my dad, our birthday is December 1st, so I'm the greatest gift he ever got uh, <laughs> or or not, but I'm definitely the biggest challenge. So, But he will be in this film. We're very grateful for him to tell his story. I know that it's not easy for someone of his position to have a daughter or a son or anyone challenge them and then put them in um, a spotlight. And I do hope that this becomes a global spotlight. I feel that this is an international, global issue that needs Mm -hmm. to be addressed. And then we want to take it all the way uh, to actually changing every future translation because we need to hold translation teams accountable for the words that we use because words have power and words are weapons and it is irresponsible mm-hmm. to use this kind of language in the most powerful book in the world so we do want to change it that's our end goal
1: i love that rocky and i love that you're bringing the story and the dynamic of your relationship with your parents into the film as well because i know for me uh, m- have Being able to have a roadmap, an example of someone who has reconciled those relationships with their family and, and parents is important. I know it's going to be important for a lot of other people watching the film. Um, but Rocky, do you have anything else that you, would, you want to share with us about the film or something that uh, we can anticipate coming up?
2: Yeah, well, I'd like to get it out so y'all can see it. And right yes, now, that's right. Uh, so I started this process and again, my motivation having these words used against me. And so I have decided to dedicate my life and turn my pain into change. And that's literally like what I'm, I've been doing with my life for the last two years. And, um, which is why I'm probably still single, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's really important and I'm, I'm, I'm compelled to do it. So I literally, I've quit my job and I've invested everything that I have to tell this story. And we're at a really good position right now where we have most of our footage. We've got a celebrity attachment doing our music, Mary Lambert, thank you so much for joining us. We have Daniel Carslake, who did For the Bible Tells Me So, who won Sundance. So we've built a really great team. Uh, and we're ready to post this. But we do need a little bit of help getting through post-production. So we have a GoFundMe up right now. And honestly, five, 10, 15, 20 bucks goes a long way. So if anybody could donate and please share it, that would be super helpful.
0: We are so grateful to have you on our show Mm -hmm. and we want you to join us for the closing prayer. But you brought up the perfect point. You're Mm -hmm. bringing us right now to our tithe, our love offering, our charity, our request to our audience for an act
1: of good this week. Yeah, we're going to pass that plate around. And for our Tithe Love Offering, we want our listeners to support this film, 1946. Uh, So uh, right now, Rocky, you're in the process of fundraising as as one part, right? Where can people uh, go to donate if they want to?
2: The easiest way, honestly, is just visit our website at 1946themovie.com. Because you'll find everything that you need there. There are several ways that you can donate. You can be a sponsor if you're an organization and you want to get your name attached and your organization attached to the film. And there are levels Mm -hmm. of sponsorship that are listed on the website. If you're an independent donor and you want to donate on a larger level, we are fiscally sponsored with Women Make Movies. And so you can donate through that and it's a completely tax-deductible donation. Or if you want to- What
0: great information.
2: Yeah, and then, or you can just go to the GoFundMe and give, again, just a, you know, five, 10 bucks goes a long way guys we really appreciate mm-hmm. it and, the and we'd hunting.
0: appreciate you all um, out there throwing a little bit into the bucket and we know that times are hard if you don't have money there are other ways other ways that you can help um, maybe start your own little fundraising campaign or car wash or something to help 1946 uh, film festivals if you're a part of a film festival like you know reach out um, you know maybe you could you know, could we pre-order it when once it's available anything follow them on social media check out 1946 um, the mm-hmm. and make sure that you are there uh, when this movie comes out, yes. because this movie can rock the world. Wait, just like one little moment in that little time of that mis tra- mistranslation, uh, rock the world. Uh, this one little moment in time of this movie coming out can do the same. So we hope to see you there. Um, and we can't wait for this to come out. Thank you so much for yeah, joining us. Thank you, Rocky. Rocky, we would love it if you would please uh join us in leading us in the closing prayer.
2: Absolutely, I would love to. So this prayer that I'm about to read was written by one of our uh prayer team members, and we do have a prayer team that's praying for us, which is awesome. And uh, so, here it goes, 1946 prayer anthem, Dear Lord, we believe that 1946, the movie, a mistranslation that shifted culture, is one of the tools that you are creating to undo the grievous wrong that came into the belief system of the church and many cultures worldwide. Thank you that we will use it to break down the dividing wall of hostility, to end the marginalization of people based on sexuality and gender, and to bring into greater unity the body of Christ, so we can proclaim in one voice the infinite love of the divine and the saving grace of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for highlighting the truth, for weaving a story from many lives, to speak to the hearts frozen in fear, to open prison doors, and to set the captives free. Help us to hear your voice of love, direction, and encouragement. Connect us in loving and healing relationships to others you are calling to complete the work together. Thank you for your guidance, protection, wisdom, provision. May we be good and faithful stewards of them and see the completion of the work you have given us. Amen. Amen.
0: Oh, let me tell you something, Sharon, Rogio, Rocky, we love you and God loves you.
1: And thank you so much for joining us on Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you for doing the work of correcting the record and bringing healing where it needs to be.
2: Guys, this was fun. Thank you so much for having me. I have been waiting for this. I love your podcast. I am cracking up every time I listen to it.
0: Oh, thank you so much for listening. And thank you all at home for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at yashjesuspod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a properly translated, Hey, homo, we'd love to hear from you. Yash
1: Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Francesi and... as Azari- a Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking deacon Ross Murray. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Yes, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner,
0: Jessica Bastilius, and Steve Michaels. Now, until next time, keep praising the Lord, y'all!